Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome everybody to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I am... uh, very excited to be here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. This is Ryan Cabrera, and we are studying the Torah, one of our favorite things to do. And this week's Torah portion is Vayida, and I appeared, which you can find in the book of Exodus, starting at chapter 6, verse 2, through chapter 9, verse 35. Lots of exciting things happening in this Torah portion, don't you think, Pastor Nick? Oh, this is incredible. And just to let everybody know that uh, we will be using the PowerPoints uh, for the Torah studies on Monday night to lead you in this particular uh, teaching or study. And uh, we will also reference them by question. So question number one, question number two. And so what we're going to do is we're going to uh, be following along with that. We took out a lot of the uh, um, questions uh, out of the PowerPoint just so we can get through the portion. But yeah, we have Vayira and I appeared and now we are in the book of Exodus. We are really kicking it off with the second portion. And one of the key words found in the book of Exodus is the word deliver, the word deliver. And what I really love about the book of Exodus, it's a book of redemption, a book of redemption. You know, salvation, salvation belongs to our God. Uh, and that's, that's a gift from God is salvation. I read that verse this morning. That's right. Salvation is a gift from God. And so as we begin to open up this book of Exodus and, and, and even in regard to the second portion of Vayida, which is a uh, chapter 6 and verse 2, all the way through chapter 9 and verse 35. Just remember, the book of Exodus is even a picture of our life. It's from groan to glory. From groan to glory. You know, I know a lot of times people will be stuck in a groaning mode. They're groaning all the time, but God wants to bring you to his glory. Amen. So from groan to glory is the story of Exodus. And so question number one, uh, by what name did God appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Uh, That would be El Shaddai, the Almighty God. God Almighty, El Shaddai. So here is our Heavenly Father. He is revealing himself to who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. Okay, but what's very interesting is that uh, we have question number two. What name of God was not revealed to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Uh, This would be... The yod heh vav the tetragrammatron? That's right, yod heh vav uh, Some would say Jehovah, but there's no J in the Hebrew alphabet. But once again, yod heh vav uh, And now all of a sudden, God is going to reveal himself uh, in an incredible way uh, to a multiple amount of people. And, uh, and as we move forward, we're going to see this being played out. Uh, what did God promise the children of Israel they would get when they came out of Egypt by his outstretched arm? Question number four in the Torah questionnaire. Uh, that would be the land, the, the land, land, the land of Israel. So, if we think about this, can we reflect on the book of Genesis and our great patriarch Abraham? What was the first thing that God promised uh, Abraham He would give him or lead him to? The land, the land. And so, once again, the Bible, the people, and the land are all synonymous. They all go together. 
And so if you're finding yourself in love with the land of Israel and wanting to go to Israel, uh, you possibly could be the seed of Abraham. Because once again, if you are in Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. So something is going to draw us to the land. And while there'll be those that say, aren't you afraid to go? Aren't you fearful? We're like, well, no, because this is part of the inheritance. This is part of the destiny is to dwell in the land, to be in the land. And so we're going to see where Moses doesn't feel really adequate. Uh, Even in question number five, how did Moses describe his lips when he was told to go to Pharaoh and speak on behalf of God for the children of Israel? Uh, He said he felt like his lips were uncircumcised. He didn't feel like he was a good public speaker. You know, he didn't do good in the public debates. He he just, you know, didn't feel like he was he was worthy enough to to be used of God to be a public speaker and Mm -hmm. to actually approach the most powerful man in the known world at that time. uh, Pharaoh, you know, I'd be a little intimidated if I have to go before the president. Um, And so what did the Lord say to Moses in question number eight, that Aaron, his brother, would be to him? Uh, a prophet, so it's this this first, um, you know, you would be the God to, to Aaron, and Aaron would be your prophet, just like God is God to Moses, and Moses is his prophet to Aaron. It's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, once again, you're dealing with uh, Pharaoh, who uh, is believed to be actually a deity. And uh, we're going to see, uh, of course, in Exodus 7, 3, uh, the Lord is going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Um and he's going to uh, he's going to bring out the children of Israel by great judgments. He's going to bring out the children of Israel by great judgments. And I know Mike brought up a very good point on the Torah study night, uh, Mishpatim judgments, uh, and that's what we're seeing uh, in, in question number eleven in Exodus seven four. Uh, and we know something's going to entail. Something's going to be happening. You know, when you think about all the events that are happening in the earth today, could it be some of these events are to get the children of Israel's attention. Well, check this out. So so here's the verses there. So 7, 4 says, But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. I am the yod heh When I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And so... This, uh, you know, we had Zach Waller for our uh, our Torah study last night as a special guest, and uh, he, he brought out a good point about this yod heh versus the name El Shaddai, um, as one is that, you know, I have faith to believe that God is the one God. He's the almighty God. But then the yod heh is where God comes in and manifests himself and removes any doubt that anybody has that he is God, that he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so here it's saying that, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the, the yod heh vav when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And that was a great point that he brought out that, you know, I'd never necessarily heard it put exactly that way. I'd, I'd heard the concept maybe, but but not heard it articulated that way. So I thought that was good. You know, it's interesting to me, Ryan, is the Lord is pursuing us. Amen. He's coming to me and telling me things and showing me things. And, and I just I just simply just, you know, heed the call. And, and so we're going to also see uh, a very interesting uh, verse in Exodus 7, 7. It gives the ages of both Moses and Aaron. And what were their ages? Uh, it says, And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old when they spake unto Pharaoh. So it was 80. Moses was 80, and Aaron was 83. So would it be safe to say that we could say that Miriam was the firstborn because she followed little little baby uh, Moses down the Nile River? Uh, yeah, I don't think that I would, Aaron would, was doing it at three years old, for no, sure. No, no, I don't think <laughs> so either. 
And so once again, we can see where uh, Miriam would play a part as a firstborn daughter uh, in, in this ministry team of this family as they move forward. Uh, and so what was the first miracle that Moses and Aaron performed before Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 7, verses 9 and 10? This is question number 13 of the Torah questionnaire. It's a really cool one, a really strange one uh, also. And God gave told Moses that he was going to do this uh, beforehand. So now it's coming to fruition and it's taking Aaron's rod casting it on the ground, and it becomes a serpent. That's very good. That's very good. In Exodus 7, 17, I'm going to read this one. Thus saith the Lord, in this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be churned to blood. Once again, now smite the river, and it shall be churned into blood. Here is the first judgment or the first miracle, whatever you want to say. Now, plague. If we if we look at the current times that we're living in, uh, we know that there is a Holy Spirit. There is the Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit, and then there's all these other spirits. So this is where we've got to be uh, cautious in the times in which we live. But uh, in question number twenty in Exodus seven twenty two, did the magicians of Egypt do the same as Moses and Aaron by turning water into blood? Uh, yeah, they sure did, and they did. And so right now we could safely say that we are living uh, in a culture that is full of the occult, you know, full of the occult. And, and I want to remind everyone that in the occult, there is no atonement. Uh, there's no forgiveness in the occult. There's no needing to ask for forgiveness if you're involved in the occult. There's no atonement. No, it's that whole idea of do as thou will, right? Right. It's yeah, my will that's be done, actually, not God's yeah, that's, will be done. Uh, Alistair Crawley, but that's one of his mottos, uh, do what thou wilt. Uh, you know, it's your thing, do what you want to do. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting, Nike, just do it. Uh, but I think that we need to be cautious because we know that uh, the paranormal is very real, but the Holy Spirit is more powerful than the occult. You know, we don't have time to get into it, but the parallels that I would see in here also play out in the book of Acts. You're going to see where the Holy Spirit literally pushes out the occult. It confronts the occult and it shuts it down and casts it out. And I don't have time to get into all that, but you can find some great stories even in the book of Acts in regard to this. So a new chapter is opening up for the children of Israel. And just like even today in a greater exodus that is happening as he's writing Torah on minds and hearts, or we wouldn't be doing this podcast without that, uh, there's a new chapter happening in the earth today, in our lives, a new awakening because the, the revelation of the Torah is relevant for today. And so, you know, Pharaoh's heart was hardened even after the Nile was turned into blood. And uh, uh, actually, uh, so once the, once so the, the river Nile... was smitten, it was, it was seven days. A total of seven days had elapsed. So the river, obviously, all of these, these communities all live along the river because the river provides water, uh, which is, you know, the lifeblood of many communities uh, or all, any community. Uh, and so he turns it to blood. And so this literally causes a problem from an agriculture perspective, from a drinking water perspective. So if the, the water's literally turned to blood, so they're digging holes, trying to find, uh, you know, water and whatnot. So this is, this is a big deal, turning the, the water That's it. Blood. And so, you know, here we go. Uh, the next plague, because Pharaoh hardened his heart, is going to be what, Ryan? Uh, frogs. And Smite all the borders with frogs. Yep. So frogs are going to come about and... Uh, were the magicians of Pharaoh able to perform the same sign in Exodus 8, 7? Yeah, they sure were. And you know what? Paul Jones last night made a good point. I'd never thought about this either. Uh, the, the magicians repeated the sign and basically doubled down on the frogs. So like, oh, hey, look, there's frogs all over the place. Oh, we'll just go ahead and double the plague. 
because we're showing you, ha ha, <laughs> cut your nose off good to spite point, your face. Good point. Out yeah. of spite, you know. And of course, in Exodus 8 8, it says, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And so he said, Enough of the frogs. Entreat the Lord. Let's get these things out of here. And of course, Moses uh, cried out to remove the frogs. And uh, what happened to Pharaoh's heart? He reneged. He hardened his heart and he said, uh, I will not let you go. He's hardened his heart. So once again, we have uh, uh, two plagues happening here. We have uh, the uh, Nile turned uh, into blood. We have, of course, frogs. And now we're going to go into this third plague. And, and what's that third plague going to be? Uh, the third plague is going to be lice. So he takes, uh, casts his, uh, his rod at the dust or smites the dust of the land, and what did it become? It became lice, and it affected the man and the beast. So not just people were affected by this lice. Um, the people and the animals were both affected by it. So uh, it's, a, it's pretty serious. Um, you know, if you've ever had your kids uh, dealing with lice, or they go to school and somebody hears there's lice, then they send out letters, and it's this big deal. So imagine in a time where we didn't have the protocols to keep things clean and whatnot uh, as we do now, and imagine that lice breaks out. And so, so what do you do? What what do you do? Oh, I'll tell you. You know, You're it's stuck. interesting. Now, now, could Pharaoh's magicians bring forth lice the same as Aaron's rod in question number 32? Uh, nope. This is the first time they were not able to do it. They were not able to do it. And in Exodus eight nineteen, here's their response. I love this. Yeah, it is good. Then the magicians said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So now we're down to the Nile into blood, the first one uh, plague, uh, the second one's the frogs, now lice, and then what's going to happen after the lice? So our fourth plague is, uh, I guess traditionally, and in, in my Bible, the King James Version, it says swarms of flies, but my mind was blown. I had to pull out the duct tape and wrap it around my head to keep it all together, uh, because last night, it, it, so, uh, I think it was Zach mentioned that uh, many of the, the sages and the Jewish people have interpreted this because it doesn't actually say flies. It just says swarms. And this word, I guess, in the Hebrew could also mean um, a stampede of some sort. And so it could have been lions, tigers, and bears, or uh, all types of, of beasts that were uh, predators uh, coming upon the land of Egypt and, and, uh, and you know, stampeding and attacking and, and you know, causing all sorts of mayhem, um, which also makes it interesting that, in, in, if you think about it, at the end of this plague, it says that there's not one fly left in the land well if it's not flies and it's it's these beasts it makes a little more sense than to try to say that there's not even one fly left in the whole land of egypt and that's among the jewish sages that's an interesting thought a consideration is. to look at i'd never know, heard that before this, the judgments and the things that are actually happening but you know this is very interesting and so uh, we get the swarm of flies and uh question number 35 is exodus eight twenty two, and it says where was the only place that the flies could not go and it says here, and I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. So the answer to the question is Goshen. It says, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. So this is another way that he's showing beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if there's any doubt in your mind that the Almighty God is real and working on behalf of his people, uh, the fact that he affects the whole rest of the land of Egypt and not Goshen is proof. You know, the, the awesome thing is what he did yesterday, he will do today. He will do tomorrow because he doesn't change. You know, uh, 
In question number 36 of the Torah questionnaire, and, and this is Exodus 8.23, what was God going to put between his people and Pharaoh's people? Uh, it says a division. Um, and in, in our answers last night, you put redemption. Uh, and in my, tr my notes here, that word division has a, a translation note for ransom. Um, so, I mean, there's a couple, a couple different thoughts there that I don't know if we have time to go into all of them. But he says it'll put a division, and that's what he did with the land of Goshen. Absolutely, and in the Hebrew, it's redemption. Yeah. See, Ryan, redemption separates us from those that are not redeemed. This is why we can't judge the world. They're not redeemed. You know, there's a division there. There's a, there's a contrast. So there's no flies in the land of Goshen. He, he makes a clear distinction, a division between those people of the world and those that are his children, his sons and daughters. And, and I find it very interesting. Even in Exodus 19, it says, If you will hear his voice, keep his covenant, you shall be above all people. You're getting ahead. I just, no, I'm I just telling I'm just you right you know, now. You're getting ahead. So we, we what have we're a rule. seeing, we don't go ahead. this isn't about a, a pride thing yeah. or a, a position of pride, or I'm better than you, simply stated, the obedient children get the blessing, Ryan. And this is Amen. exactly uh, what we're seeing unfold. And so we move on here because there's a fight against us. We don't battle against flesh and blood. You know, Paul talks about this in Corinthians. He had a door of hope mm. given to him, an opportunity. And the adversary is at the door, Ryan. And because things get a little heated, things get a little tough, and we have an adversary, people will back off. And they'll get a, a, a relief in the flesh. But mind you, we want a release in the spirit. Amen. And that's what we're talking about in the restoration of the regathering whole house of Israel. You have to be confident to know what you believe and why you believe. And you've got to be able to go and point these sources out for you to be legitimate, you know, Absolutely. because that's the, that's the beauty of it. So, so once again, we're seeing this, no flies in the land of Goshen. We're seeing a division that God is definitely making a distinction between his people and those that are not his people. And, and question number 38 is, did Pharaoh agree to let the children of Israel sacrifice to their God? He did, but he, there's a caveat. He said that they had to do it in the land of Egypt. Oh, you had to stay in the land. Which wasn't going to work out, obviously, because the Egyptians thought that the sacrifice of a cow, right? They had a, a cow god, hence the, the golden calf incident, you know, being a remnant or being a, a, a residual, you know, leftover from Egypt. Uh, but it was an abomination to the people uh, of Egypt, the Egyptians, to sacrifice a cow. Um, and, you know, just to even get out of Egypt, to make distance, you know, Moses says, hey, we need three days journey yeah. to get out of here. Yeah. And I thought For that was very, you know, Egypt one. always represents the world. You always go down to Egypt, but we go up to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. And so did uh, Pharaoh go back on his word about letting the children of Israel go after the plague of flies? Uh, of course he did. He reneged. You know, he's a flip-flopper. He's like a modern-day politician, if you think <laughs> about it, you know. I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going to let you go. No, I'm not going to let Isn't you go. Isn't that a song by Queen? I don't know. We will not let you go. Let him go. Oh, you just went on a bunny trail. <laughs> Sorry. Now, we of course have these plagues, the the, the Nile into to blood, uh, blood in the Nile, and we have frogs and lice and flies. These are uh, actually four plagues, but uh, what plague was going to follow the, 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 the swarm of flies in Exodus 9-3? Uh, it's, it's disease on beasts, or what they call a very grievous moraine, or a pestilence, um, that is going to affect the... I've also heard it called cattle disease um, as well, uh, that affects uh, you know, the livestock of the land. And so, so slowly we're chipping away at, at everything that is the foundation of a, of a successful... Uh, agricultural or domesticated society, right? The water, 
you know, the, the cattle, you know, we're going to get to the crops here uh, as well in one of the next, uh, one of the next few plagues. Um, but what happened in the land of Goshen? The, in Goshen, the livestock was not affected. And so it says that uh, in Exodus uh, chapter 9, verse 4, it says, And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children's uh, of Israel. You know, Ryan, ever since I've been in the Torah and just knowing that it's teachings and instructions, uh, by taking the spirit and the word, the word of the Torah, uh, I'm truly blessed. I don't know about you, but I can truly see God's hand upon my family's life, this church's life, that when you do, you know, practice the teachings and instructions, you, you're going to be blessed. And so we're going to be going into the, uh, we're going to be going into the sixth plague now in Exodus chapter nine, verse nine. Uh, when Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go, this is question number 45, after the Egyptians' livestock died, what plague came next? Ooh, this is not a good one. This is uh, boils, and if you've ever had a boil, even just one, it is uncomfortable. And they Actually, always I, pop yeah. up in the most convenient places, obviously. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I had one on the side of my temple here, and I still have a scar from it. And every time I, I was just thinking about it today. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah, a little scar right there from a boil, from a staph infection. Ooh. And it manifested, and I'll tell you... Uh, does this, this come to mind? You know, Job was covered in boils, I believe. Uh, he, he had to deal with that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he sure did. It was, it was pretty bad. And so the boils were so bad that uh, who was affected as well in, in Exodus 9-11? Call 9-1-1, Ryan. Exodus 9-11. Question number 48. Exodus 9-11. So, so this one is kind of funny because it's, it's, the answer to the question is the magicians. But think about the, the, this. In the beginning, they were able to do the plagues, right? Then they were not able to perform the same things. And now they're even on top of that being affected by these plagues. And that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty significant if you ask me, that they're now, not only is God more powerful than them to where he can perform things above and beyond what they can perform through the occult, uh, but he's also uh, doing things that are now affecting them, that they're helpless to even stop from afflicting themselves. Absolutely. absolutely. And so uh, we have, of course, the plague number one, Nile into blood. Plague number two, the frogs. Plague number three is the lice. Plague number four are flies. Uh, plague number five is moraine or pestilence, uh, cattle disease or whatever. And then number six uh, plague is boils. Number seven is hail with fire. Hail with fire. That's right. So question number 49. <laughs> Good gracious. Uh, what was the next plague that was going to come upon all of Egypt if Pharaoh did not let the children of Israel go? Exodus 9.18, a very grievous hail. Yep. And then, of course, if you could read uh, Exodus 9.24, what's going to be mingled with the hail? It says, so there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And so uh, this would have destroyed a lot of stuff. So, I mean, if you've ever been through a hailstorm or if you've even seen just videos of hail, uh, just think about a car after hail, and that's made out of metal, Um you know, just how much... All the dents. Oh, man, it's crazy. And then to imagine that you've got hail mingled with fire uh, raining down on Egypt. This would have destroyed uh, their buildings. It would have destroyed uh, their their crops, uh, their livestock. I mean, this would have really uh, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, to the infrastructure of their you know domestic society, I would say. I mean, I'm thinking about all these natural disasters, Ryan, in the earth today. Uh, I had two trees go down in my yard, but none of them, of course,
course, took out my home. Thank God. Uh, one of them took out the shed in the back, but we're so thankful. But, but you know, uh, what was the only place in Egypt where there was no hail? Isn't this awesome? So, uh, Exodus verse, 9, 26, yep. question number 52 in the Torah questionnaire. It says, only the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. So they Praise had no God. flies. They had no moraine disease. Yeah. None of their cattle was affected. Right. And now they're going to have no hail in their land. It's like, you know, chance of showers, but not in Goshen. Yeah, so it looks like from uh, from plague number four and Ford, the land of Goshen was protected. And from three Ford, the uh, the magicians were not able to perform uh, perform the same uh, miracle. Or the so same there signs. are the seven plagues. And of course, Exodus 9, 27 says, And Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron and said unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Ooh. But he wasn't sincere, you know. And we're gonna we're gonna see this. Uh, if you could read Exodus nine thirty, Ryan, it's number fifty four in the Torah questionnaire. This particular question, Exodus nine thirty. So here's Pharaoh pretending to to repent and 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 be sorry for his sins and claiming that they were wicked. And so what does Exodus nine thirty say? And so here it goes. It says, "But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not yet fear the Lord God." And so Crocodile that's, tears. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's the emotional plea, and how many times, and we're you know we're all guilty of this, and to some degree, obviously not to the degree of Pharaoh, uh, because of his power, but we're all guilty of trying to make a deal with God. Oh God, if you get me out of this, then I'll do you know X, Y, and Z, right? And I think it was you, or maybe it was Mike last night, mentioned that as soon as that relief comes, the resolve leaves as well, right? That that now I'm no longer. Uh, feeling obligated to, or I, I, I'm resistant to completing my end of the bargain, my end of the covenant that, that I made. So I think that happens to a lot of people. All right. You know, it's interesting that uh, if you want to know about the time frame uh, in regard uh, of these plagues, uh, we're not sure exactly the length of time, but I will assure you of this. Uh, it gives us a little clue as we close in on the uh, end of these plagues. Uh, you're going to see in Exodus 9.31, uh, that the flax and the barley uh, of Egypt were destroyed because of the hail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know that the uh, barley comes up before the, uh, you know, before the wheat. But of course, here we have this flax and barley crop, and uh, that would be early spring. And so we can see this uh, even happening right now. And uh, of yeah. course, in Exodus nine thirty-five, did Pharaoh finally let the children of Israel go after the plague of hail? Uh, Nope, he's a bonehead. <laughs> nope, he did not. That's Exodus 9.35. So uh, once again, let's go over these plagues in, in, in closing here. Uh, the first plague was the Nile into blood. Second plague was frogs. Third was lice. The fourth plague was flies. The fifth plague would be moraine or pestilence, uh, cattle disease. And then number six would be boils. Uh, number seven, hail with fire. Uh, And, of course, we have three of those plagues left to discuss, and we will be doing that, I believe, next week. It's locusts, darkness, and death of the firstborn. Yeah, and so, uh, as you can imagine, um, you know, the economy of Egypt would have been decimated uh, by all of these things. And uh, I had mentioned, I think, in a previous podcast about a a documentary on Netflix called um, Patterns of Evidence. And so, uh, really, the premise behind the whole thing is, uh, that if we want to find out the timeline of whether or not these things happen, then we should look at the patterns of evidence that happen within Egypt to see if we can find them, right? So a, a period where uh, there was a great consolidation of wealth from the story of Joseph, 
right? Where all of the people around Pharaoh were selling themselves and their things and there's consolidating power and wealth into, into Pharaoh. And now a decimation of the economy uh, within Egypt. And so can we find those things in, in, in history? And the answer obviously is a resounding yes, because the Bible is true. These stories are real. Uh, but I think that document is great for increasing your faith from seeing the archaeological evidence for it. And so uh, guys, thanks so much for listening to our podcast today. Uh, Pastor Nick and I really appreciate it. Um, we we love uh, the Torah. We love God. And we're just so excited to, to share this with you so that you can take the Torah. And, and rather than thinking of the Torah as some mysterious, uh, hard-to-reach concept that you can just break it down very plainly, read the stories, and uh, and take the principles and apply them to your lives. And so uh, you can reach out to us uh, through our website on the Contact Us tab at topraise.net. You can email us. Uh, at uh, info at thepraise.net and then you can also reach us by phone at area code 813-654-2222 you guys have a great week god bless and remember to dig into the word and let the word get into you